Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the pandemic has changed the economy, changed the way businesses function, and how employees get their work done and where they get their work done. Many, of course, are choosing to work remotely and staying remote even when they don't have to anymore. So as businesses modernize and adapt, shouldn't our taxes change too? Uh, Really pleased to have Jared Walzak from the Tax Foundation joining us to discuss how we can reform the tax codes to adapt to a post-pandemic world. Jared, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be on. So as as you've looked at it from the Tax Foundation, you're the vice president of state projects there at the Center for State Tax Policy at the Tax Foundation. What are some of the things that you're looking for in terms of what, what is the what is the reality now and what are some of the things we should start to adapt or modernize uh, as a result? Well, you're absolutely right that we're living in a new reality. I think we're just at the onset of it. Hopefully we're at the tail end of the pandemic, but we're just at the beginning of a grand shift to increased mobility, especially for higher earners, for white-collar individuals who really can work anywhere within an Internet connection. And we're starting to see that mobility. We saw populations shift in the past year more than in decades. If you And if you look at the heat maps on this, you look at states like Utah that are seeing significant population increases, uh, 2% between the start of the pandemic and July 2021 in Utah. Uh, High-tax states, states that are really not favorable to uh, either tax competition or to remote work, uh, declining, going the other direction. So states both need to recognize that we're in a much more competitive environment. Tax codes matter more than ever. And they also need to figure out ways to align their tax code with a very different economy, with different types of jobs, and with people who are traveling a lot more, much more mobile, uh, maybe working for a company out of state. Yeah, and, and so many are doing that now. The, the, they may have worked for a long time in one city. And during the, I know many people who have uh, decided to leave that corporate space and you know go out to here to Utah or up to Montana uh, and be away a little bit and, and do that. So uh, obviously this is, is impacting state tax codes, right, in terms of uh, how we should be adopting and adapting uh, different things in terms of indexing and with inflation, uh, also just kind of the unlegislated tax increases as well. Give us some perspective in terms of what do what are states doing? What should they be doing uh, with this new model? Sure. So a, a number of things. One, and Utah has been a leader on some of these things even pre-pandemic, but 
Uh, states that don't have a flat income tax like Utah does, really given the you know, current levels of inflation, need to inflation index their tax codes because people are paying more in taxes on the same income in real terms just because of inflation. That's a, a second hit after you already take that hit due to inflation. Uh, states need to avoid that. Utah is getting it right through having a single rate tax. Utah also made uh, good progress a couple of years ago by changing the withholding thresholds. You know, when someone goes maybe just for a couple of days and works in another state, maybe even just visits but does some work while they're there, in many states they have to file taxes and their employer has to withhold. And it makes scofflaws out of most of us because most people aren't filing where they're only present for a couple of days. Utah has a high threshold, just eliminates that paperwork challenge. Uh, That's very good. Uh, But there are other areas where the increased mobility is going to come into play in a lot of states. Utah has something called a throwback rule. Uh, Basically, this is for manufacturers and others that may be um, selling tangible property, you you know, real goods, into another state. And if they do not have tax nexus with that other state, Utah taxes basically both states' share. Mm. And what that functionally means is you don't have to pay that extra tax at all if you operate that operation out of a different state. And the states that have these see certain types of operations shift. And it's easier than ever to pick up and move parts of your operation right now. Uh, So that would be a concern to me, something where Utah might want to take a second look and say, is the additional revenue we're generating by capturing some out-of-state revenue that arguably doesn't belong to us, is that hurting us more because it's pushing some of these companies out? But mainly, states like Utah are in a good position because you're an attractive place to be. Uh, If someone can work from anywhere, 4.95% income tax, just generally competitive environment, good place to be. Just recognize the competition, 5% going to be the median income tax rate in a couple of years based on current enactments. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's so fascinating to see how that dynamic just kind of ripples through. And so uh, we talk about the uh, the corporate side of this, and obviously corporate income tax uh, codes are going to have to be altered and tweaked uh, a little bit as well, both to compensate for a mobile workforce. Uh, what does that mean for them in terms of responsibility and taxes? Uh, but also, uh, what are some of the other things that uh, corporations are looking at as this dynamic continues to roll out? One source of complexity for many companies is going to be the sourcing of service income. And this gets complex. Uh, The simple version is that when a company operates in multiple states, they have to apportion their income for tax purposes to those states. Uh, And that's not easy, but there are formulas that each state uses based on either sales, payroll, property, or the combination of the three to determine how much of their income is taxable in that state. And sales, it should be simple. That's where you sold something into, and it's the value of those sales. That's easy for tangible goods. For some states, when you're offering intangibles, when you're providing a service, and services are a large part of our economy, that's sourced back to the state where the service is provided. So if you're a service company and you have employees providing this service in state A, and they're selling into state B, state A can tax you because that's where you provided the services. State B can tax you on the exact same income because that's where the services were received. It's literal double taxation. And you're going to start to see more of an exodus of those positions out of the states that lead to that double taxation. And it's going to be a headache for a lot of companies that have remote workers who maybe had already avoided that. But now five of their employees pop up in one of those states. Oh, man, that is fascinating and complicated uh, that I think the the businesses are going to have to really 
uh, go through the, the mental gymnastics there to make sure they get that right. Uh, finally, before I let you go, Jared, uh, how is all of this going to uh, play out? What do you see happening in the short term? Again, knowing we're hopefully on the back end of the pandemic, uh, but these changes are significant in terms of mobility. Uh, what do you see in terms of, of both the state level and anything from the national level uh, that we ought to be keeping our eye on? At the state level, I just expect an era of renewed competition. 16 states either cut um, income taxes last year or implemented cuts that were enacted the previous year. So 16 states in one year. Uh, I think there's eight or 10 that are seriously looking at that already this year because they know that yeah, especially middle and higher income workers, they can go anywhere. Taxes are going to be far more salient than they used to be. So those rates are falling everywhere. Uh, even a state like Utah with already a low rate needs to be aware that that low rate is on its way to being the average rate in the state, which wasn't true 10 years ago. So we're going to see that. At the state, at the federal level, we may see some efforts to try to standardize rules across states to avoid double taxation of remote workers. There's a few states that are very aggressive and can tax you in the state where your employer is, in addition to your home state taxing you, and basically deny you the credit that you would normally get to offset that. But we're probably a few years off from doing that. There's some powerful resistance, mainly New York lawmakers in the right places that want to preserve that for now. So maybe someday, but probably not this year. Uh, fantastic. Great insight. Jared Walzak is vice president of state projects with the Center for State Tax Policy at the Tax Foundation. Always appreciate your perspective, Jared. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Coming up, how's your New Year's resolutions rolling? Some are already struggling. Cassie Gordon from the Huntsman Mental Health Institute joined us recently to give us some tips about how to stay on path, on track, and moving forward in the new year. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.